So thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Brand Situation. I am Timo, your host for the day. I am the founder of Timorison Agency, a branding and social media consultancy firm located in the heart of Atlanta. And I am so excited today because I am actually having a co-host with my PR sister, Kina Lee, who I met a little bit over almost two years ago. And when I met Kina, I was so impressed by Kina's class, her style, her sophistication, and I have always just adored and loved her hair, how she does her hair. Kina's natural, but she can blow that thing out like we got a perm in it, and she can swing it to the left and to the right, and it blows and flows with the wind. I just look up to her so much, and I'm so excited to have her with me today. And before you hear her beautiful voice, I'm gonna give you uh, the rundown about Kina and what makes her so great and why she is a black girl with PR magic. So Kina Lee is an award-winning communications and branding professional who has established a stellar reputation with her nonprofit, beauty, entertainment, lifestyle, and multicultural clients. With over 20 years of experience, With both a Bachelor of Arts and a Master of Arts in PR, she prides herself in having a results-driven approach. Hina Lee also also has a passion for mentorship and shares her know-how with college students who aspire to have a career in public relations. For the past 15 years, Hina has created lavish weddings and events as the founder and lead consultant of Elite Bridal Consulting. And in addition to her passion for PR and event planning, She's a plant-based activist who dedicates her time creating and producing segments for her plant-based webisode, The Turnip. Please welcome Kina Lee to The Brand Situation. Hey, Kina. Hey, Tamika. Oh, my goodness. I cannot believe that was me. I'm sitting there like, that's me? I do that? Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much, sis. You're welcome. (laughs) Listen, you PR that thing, okay? That's what we do. We create resume I'm sorry bios and one sheets and we have to use all these amazing words but then actually it's like but that's true though that's our work that's what (laughs) we do that's what we do (laughs) so yes I am so excited to have you on the brand situation girl we cut up here this is where we take our professional expertise and we apply it to the world at large we call these fools out that make us scratch our heads and say who does their PR anyway you know but we also give kudos to those brands that know how to handle themselves expertly because obviously they have amazing PR and branding people on their team but you know and we also have to throw in a little bit of BS hashtag BS also stands for brand situation here our commentary our little shade and just you know give them what we give to each other when we have event sessions about our crazy clients not all clients are crazy but they can be a little crazy don't you they they are more than a little crazy but we love them we love them and and we are special people to be able to deal with it so kudos to you sis because you are absolutely amazing (laughs) thank you thank you so much so we have a full agenda. I mean, it's been a dizzying week of news this week. I mean, I was just thinking as I was putting this uh, agenda together earlier this week, because I start early in the week because, you know, 
our jobs are so demanding. Like the day-to-day of managing clients is so demanding and all-consuming. People think that I'm literally crazy for trying to do a radio show, and I think I am too. So for me, (laughs) I have to start thinking about topics as the as the days go on and so as we were approaching the state of the union address i was thinking that the clap back for nancy pelosi was still going to be the hot topic by the time we got to weekend no it's like feels like two weeks old now absolutely there's so much going on in the news it's like how do we keep up with all of the news and all of the happenings all of the shenanigans going on so i get you Yes. So we're going to dive into it because, like I said, we have a full agenda. We got entertainment and pop culture that we're going to um, talk about. We got um, the Grammys to talk about. And then we're going to get into some of the brand situation analysis where we actually give our PR expertise, you know, as the brand experts that we are to the situations that, you know, got our attention as they were happening this week. And let me tell you, this stuff that's happening in Virginia, girl, that's a whole reality Ooh. show in and of yeah. itself. Okay. <laughs> the Commonwealth is in chaos. That's what I'm that's what I keep saying. The Commonwealth is in chaos. The Commonwealth <laughs> is in chaos. Okay. If ever Olivia Pope needed to do some real work in real life, absolutely. This is, this is better than scandal could have yes. ever been written okay yes <laughs> i almost want scandal to come back for one final episode co- covering the crisis of the commonwealth you know yeah absolutely we need her <laughs> please somebody send a signal to olivia pope we they need help up there so okay so kina the entertainment pop culture so i'm gonna say hashtag grammy so wrong because Ooh. I heard through the grapevine, I think that's a Motown um, quote, quote from one of the Motown records, that J-Lo is going to be given a tribute to Motown. Do I black history? Is that true? This is what I'm hearing, Tamika, and I just almost fell out of my seat. Like, I could not believe it. Like, there is not, I mean, which I love J-Lo, love Jenny from the Black, from the block, absolutely love her, but why? Like, that is my, like, my question is why? That there is no African-American person who could give this tribute? None? J-Lo? Like, I don't don't get it. I don't, I do not get it at all. I'm not understanding at all. Yes, I have a furled brow right now. And and I'm trying to just figure out what... PR branding person who is sensitive to the needs of Black history and Motown and how it's February did not thoughtfully consider. I mean, it, or maybe they did, and maybe that maybe there's no one that could pull it off in the modern. Really, I mean, really, let's, really, right, right. really. We're we're not we're not going to give them that. We're not going to give them that. We're not going to say that. That's not going to be an out. It's not an out. It's not an out. Okay, so who would you, if you were at that meeting as the branding and PR person, like, tell me when J-Lo's name came up, what would you have said? Absolutely not. We have options. We have plenty of options. We have people who, you know, started with Motown who are still around. I'd rather have those people up there or some of the legacy of Motown who are now entertainers. There is no reason why 
we had to go to a Latina. I mean, though, you know, she is a woman of color, but Motown, I don't know, are they the first African-American-owned music label, record label? So we had to go to a Latina to to deliver the tribute? I, I, absolutely not. And so, yeah, I, I just can't, no. That wasn't okay. an answer, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So I agree with you because the way uh, Black culture determines and run pop culture, there is just no excuse for this. And, you know, here are some suggestions that I would have made. And tell me what you think. And I want you to add to this list. I think we could have totally gotten her, H-E-R. Right. She has an amazing voice. I think she could have definitely delivered. Um, Number two... We have SZA. She has yes. a great voice. I think she could have delivered as well. Kelly Rowland. Yes. She has a great voice and she is like, a, she's becoming a vet now. She's worked with some of these, you know, Motown greats. Unfortunately, you know, I, I feel like Motown has lost some of its um, influence over right. the years. Right. The brand has not, um, it's not really a strong presence in music. So, it's kind of hard, but it's not that dang on difficult to find a qualified, bona fide singer that's black to give the tribute. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I, I mean, there are so many soulful people. I mean, who's even been around for a while. I mean, they could have gone with a, I would have been fine with like a Layla Hathaway, just even like some older people that's been around for a while. Layla Hathaway. Yeah. Um, they even could have given Lauren Hill a chance. We don't know if she would have shown up or not, but <laughs> I know, mean, Lauren, I, girl. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, we don't know, but I would have heard. I would have much rather heard her name because she is still very soulful, and I am a, still a Lauren Hill fan, and yeah. I think that she still. Carries she um, exhibits that essence and that soulfulness of Motown, you know, kind of in a new school way still, though. Um, so I would have totally been fine with Lauren, with, with Miss Lauren Hill, as she likes to call herself. I mean, there are just so many options out there. Like you said, Kelly Rowland. Um, I mean, I don't know. J-Lo was just not the person. I mean, yeah, I absolutely mean, Jennifer Lowe, not, the... not Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer Hudson, exactly, exactly. Fantasia, absolutely, absolutely. So many. I don't get it. Yeah, um, Grant, hashtag Grammy so wrong for this, for this uh, topic right here. Grammy so wrong. You, you guys totally could have done a better job of announcing J-Lo as a headliner. Um, and so it's, is this also a part of the um, Aretha Franklin tribute? I think I heard something about there was a Re- an Aretha Franklin tribute as well, but not sure if it was attributed to J-Lo announcement. Right. So what I'm reading is that there is a tribute and they're saying that the tribute is fit for a queen. So if it's going to be any, oh, if God. it's gonna, like, I'm sure it's going to be majest- majestic and long like her funeral was. Um, <laughs> but we're hearing that Fantasia, which we just mentioned Fantasia, She's a part of that um, tribute, as well as Yolanda Adams. So really excited to see that um, in Audra Day. So um, it, really excited to see that tribute. I'm sure they're going to act up on that stage for that one. You know, even more so since, you know, we have no parts of the Motown tribute. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a disappointment. Okay. So, you know, once this airs, the, the Grammys would have aired and then there'll be new news but the 
just as an honorable mention, the Grammys take place on February 10th at 8 o'clock. So right. um, it's going to be interesting to see what type of uh, buzzworthy news comes from that. But, you know, I'm actually just quite sad a little bit because I typically look forward to the Grammys. Right. So, girl, I guess I'll just get my play-by-play by Twitter. Twitter does a good job of, like, giving me a rundown of what's yeah. happening. So, yeah, I probably will not even tune in because nothing's happening over there, apparently. Well, I, I love the Grammys. I just love February, of course, because of Black History Month, but then also because it's award season. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to, you know, the first award show, the Grammys, and I'm actually looking to Cardi B performing. So, um, <laughs> I love her. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to her performing and then Alicia Keys hosting. So I will be tuned in um, and watching it and checking out Black Twitter to see what they have to say about this Motown fiasco. <laughs> right, exactly. So speaking of Grammys, though, 21 Savage, he is supposed <sighs> to be, you know, getting a Grammy or was nominated or something. But when he was performing <sighs> for the Super Bowl, he got detained by ICE. Honey, <laughs> who knew he wasn't originally from Atlanta from Zone Six? <sighs> Girl, this it makes me giggle. I'm sorry, T. It makes me giggle. <laughs> hey, some of this stuff is really crazy, and this is a, one of those situations. Well, yeah. So even though when I first um was made aware of 21 Savage maybe like three years ago because I didn't I didn't know who he was prior to that but I read an article and it said that he was from Atlanta however I had met his father who is from the UK so I didn't really understand really? yes so I don't really <laughs> understand if you know and I've since then you know I have seen him in the news you know this since Super Bowl and about him being detained and being deported and so I wasn't real shocked about it actually because you know I do know his father and I didn't understand some years ago you know um when I read the article saying that his father was a junkie I'm like well I met a man who said he's your father and he's a doctor he's far from a junkie so I just thought that that was a part of his you know his character his 21 Savage character so yeah, it doesn't super. It doesn't surprise me, but it's it makes me giggle that he went as. I mean, he really got into the Twenty One Savage character, you know, like living in the housing authority and all of that. So, um, I guess kudos to him for pulling that off for a little while. <laughs> Listen, he's brilliant. I mean, honestly, <laughs> like you said, I know a lot of people like the Root and the Grio. They are curated really you know thought pieces around the importance of um, discussing him being detained by ICE so it's not funny it's actually you know um, attaching itself to our immigration crisis absolutely absolutely but at the same time yo I have to give I have to give um, 21 Savage credit because he had this Atlanta and notice I'm not saying the T Okay. Right, Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta. <laughs> he is. He has the Atlanta. Uh, what you call it? The talk, the sound, down to a science. That like, twang. That, that twang. That, that, that twang. twang like, <laughs> yeah. I've seen him numerous times on local TV because he has been a community um, leader. He has 
white kids school supplies and Christmas giveaways like he like he born and raised so right. I just was like my, hashtag mind blown when Absolutely. <laughs> this hit the airwaves girl so you know what I mean I did give some brand advice to his PR team honestly I said that this is a PR dream because every major outlet is going to be vying to talk to him. So they don't Absolutely. Really have an issue with trying to keep him in the media. I think it becomes how to use the, the, this extra 15 minutes of fame to work to support your deportation case now, but at the same time, keep the money rolling in because you're going to have to keep those attorneys on bankroll. Absolutely. Houston, we have a brand situation with 21 Savage. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, um, I guess we'll just keep following that. And um, you, yeah, before we move on, though, I have to say that what was an even added layer of crazy to this is when you told me that you knew his dad and his dad was like this (laughs) really successful guy, a scientist, right? Out of the UK. Yes, yes. He's he's a doctor. Yeah, yeah. He's a holistic doctor. He's, I mean, he's amazing. So yeah, I just, I didn't under, I I never understood it from the beginning when I read um, a feature on him. So I don't know. I I felt like maybe it was a part of his, you know, rap persona. Girl, (laughs) I I mean, it's it's just amazing. um, The backstory to these front news headlines. So Okay, 21 Savage, we're going to be watching this case um, and, and hopefully you are protected in some ways because I, I think at the end of the day, he is has some DACA protections, but we don't even know if DACA is anything that this administration recognizes, but we'll be keeping you in prayer. Right, right. Right. So, speaking of award season, um, the Oscars is coming up this month. Yes. And as you know, they made a big deal late last year that Kevin Hart was hosting the Oscars and right as they were making such a big announcement about that he was also slammed from making um, comments against the LGBTQ community and Kevin just bowed out gracefully right Um, what are your thoughts around that I mean it's 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 a kind of a loaded question but you know the oscars are coming up they're not going to have a host and kevin hart was originally supposed to host it so i following the situation closely um you know he he made some comments some years ago and for whatever reason you know of course you know people trolls like to start digging up stuff on people right um i always feel like something is racially motivated and that's probably just a Keena Lee type of thing. But, you know, all of a sudden you're pulling up old jokes or, you know, that he's posted on Twitter from like years ago. And he apologized. He's apologized several times. You know, he went on to Ellen to, you know, clear the air. And, you know, she's the, spo- you know, she's the unofficial spokesperson for the community. And, you know, she's like, will you reconsider it? And she even ended up receiving some backlash. And so um, I just think it's, um, I I think it was very professional and he handled it with a lot of grace to be able to just bow out because he doesn't want to take the attention away from a night that should be, 
so amazing and cele- and people should be celebrated. You know, he right. doesn't want to overshadow the night. So I felt like that was a good call on his part. Um, but I just think that people are being, it's almost, um, they're just being like ridiculous to me at some point because he's apologized numerous amount of times. Even when he said that he's done with it, he's continued to do interviews and still apologizing for it. I mean, this was years ago. So you want him to apologize and you want him to ask for forgiveness, but now you're not willing to forgive him. Like how many times does he have to apologize? Yeah, you know, I agree with you 100%. And I actually um, give kudos to Kevin Hart with how he handled it. Because the thing that he did that I think was admirable is that he said, you know what? I just won't do it. Because what I won't be doing is apologizing every time I am asked to be a, a, a host on such a public stage. Because I've already addressed this before. So no, you don't get to continue to get apologies from me absolutely and you know what good for you Kevin because that I believe should be to set a standard you know I love everybody and I'm gonna say that because I could possibly get some backlash and and my one of my good friends Patrick Parts who is a a regular co-host of this show is part of that community but sometimes I believe just like black folks and I'm African-American we can get extra sensitive sometimes about things that are just not does not merit the extra sensitivity like absolutely in black yes there are instances of, of racism like this black face um, phenomenon that's happening where we're finding out every white person we know has possibly been in blackface that's an exaggeration but I'm just saying and then there are just some times where we you'll see something that happens where we're like racism and it's like no it really isn't racism like right it's not right everything involving a black and white person is not automatically racism like calm down and so that's the same thing that i'm going to say about the situation with kevin hart we're not allowed giving people room to grow you know what i'm saying and i think that in the age of social media you know people are so quick to give an opinion and attack because they're hiding their thumb thugs hiding behind computers and smartphones um and and have so much to say but they we really need to start silencing those troll voices and using logic here and saying hey how many years ago did this really happen and obviously i'm gonna give the oscars credit to have vetted kevin enough to at least i'm giving them that credit (laughs) maybe they didn't but i'm gonna say that 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 they vetted him and it didn't come up in the most recent five years. Let's use it. Let's say the vetting process was like a background check and he passed the, che- he passed the, the smell test. Right. You know, I think we all need to just calm down sometimes, but nevertheless, I believe the Oscars is going to be very, very interesting to watch because they don't have an official host and we'll see how it plays out. So Tamika, this is my question. So I recently watched, um, just speaking of comedians and high profile comedians, I just recently watched Eddie Murphy's Delirious. Mm-hmm. So have for the you first did, time? Well, no, I just, I watched it years ago and okay. I, I can't even remember how long this, you know, this standup is, but I wonder how Eddie Murphy would handle this same type of situation and it just show it just goes to show like how the times have changed so much the first line that he said 
in his stand up said use the f word f a g g o t like they he oh. used he used it he used the f word and it was the i mean majority of the people in the audience but from what i could recall they were caucasian and they laughed and they laughed and since then eddie has been on all types of stages you know and that just goes to show that even though you know they're saying um that social media and you know millennials and generation after that like we're so desensitized to a lot of things but really it this situation kind of makes me see that we're more sensitive to like humans and mankind and things like that because what was okay for Eddie to use in his stand-up delirious was obviously not okay for Kevin to say today or or in more recent times so I just I thought that that was so interesting and I wonder how you know what type of backlash Eddie Murphy would face, you know, even today if he was asked to, you know, host the Oscars or something. Yeah, to your point, times have changed. Um, Times have changed. And I think that the marker of the change is that gay people are in power today and they were not then. And that's why it was able to fly. Just like, you know, I look at Roseanne and you know they mm. the re, the reboot right and and she mm-hmm. is now no longer part of that show because Roseanne came of age at a time where black folks were not in power and so when you go when I go <laughs> went back and looked at so I don't love the Roseanne show but we were all, I feel like we were not woke quote unquote no we woke. weren't we weren't and she was able to get away with so much race racist stuff and we actually went along with that. Yeah, but yes, the times have changed. We're in power. We are. We are in power. We are empowered, and we are no longer tolerating that type of um, talk coming from television. So, yeah, the times change quickly and um, drastically when you are able to like compare them. And this all have has happened in our lifetime, and that's kind of mind-boggling. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we are at the bottom of the first half and it, this has been so fun. I love the magic, the PR magic that's happening between us. When we come back, we're actually going to dive into deep dive analysis of some brand situations that happened at, during this week. So I'm interested to see Kina's perspective and some of the shade that's going to come out of our mouths because, you know, we have to be shady. <laughs> you know, it's not fun if we can't be. So we'll be back and go refresh your your wine get another drink of water i don't know if it's morning time get some coffee i'm probably gonna go refill this wine glass because it's an afternoon for us but we'll be back give us 2.2 seconds all right so we're back from our break over there did you refresh your water get you some wine or- got i got my water my alkaline water so yes <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you are my uh role model when it comes to that. i drink alkaline water more than the average person though but probably not like a plant-based activist yeah so, however <laughs> i do only subscribe to or ascribe to 
um, purified water. That is the only water I drink. I don't know if it is if it's any different than tap water, but it definitely in my mind is. It tastes different. I, I think it tastes different. Um, so kudos good 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 that's good we, oh, there are levels to it Tamika there are levels I, to it so. I know it is I know it is I'm a baby so but <laughs> I, you know I thank you for bearing with me at my stage that I oh. am in <laughs> <laughs> so we're in the, the, the second half where we really really dive into our um, brand analysis use our expertise as PR and branding experts on these situations. So there are a couple topics that made the list this week, Kina. Um, Dan Gatsby and B. Smith. Hmm. Plus the white girl. Hmm. Right, right, right. Um, also, um, the Daily Blast Live is a daily show, entertainment show that com- comes on. One of their black anchors, a co-host, Erica Cobb, she very emotional hair journey that she shared with their audience and you know I'm really kind of disturbed by this whole plight of black women still having to say accept me for my hair in 2019 so we're gonna dive into that and I know that's right up your alley as a beauty PR um, expert so that's made the list and um, we got some honorable mentions but I guess let's spend some time oh and of course the chaos the crisis in the Commonwealth. We have to talk about that. Yes. So let's talk about Dan Gatsby, who is the um, husband of lifestyle expert B. Smith, the beautiful B. Smith, and she's suffering from Alzheimer's. And um, I've been following their story for a while. So I'm actually um, on their Facebook page, and I've been seeing the climb of um, Dan and his his, <clears throat> his his frustrations with caring for me. Okay. And I, I'm going to say the, the plight of a caregiver. I've been, before he actually went to the news with this went public with his white girlfriend and apparently the race of this woman is important. I've been watching this and it's been it's been interesting to say the least, Kena. I'll just end it there and let you take it up from here. I mean, I so okay, Dan. I understand that you are suffering. Um, I've only heard of situations, and you know, the the plight of a caregiver. Like I've I've only seen it from a distance, and I understand that. I can just imagine that it's a lot of work you know emotionally physically mentally I can I can only imagine so I understand if he's needing companionship um what I what my problem with this and I think that you know from the different articles that I've read why are you trying to normalize you know having the girlfriend in the house Miss Alex Lerner why are, why are we trying to normalize this? And I think that's my problem with the whole situation. And I want his PR person to provide the type of counsel to him to advise him to stop saying, well, B said this, B said that. How do we know that she said this and that? B said that B is fine with it. And B told me to move on. I, I don't, you know, I don't. 
I don't know if I believe that and it just sounds silly to me for that to be a part of his speaking points um so I'm saying like that is um one of my that's my main issue with it you know if he needs companionship you know okay I don't you know that's neither here nor there for me you know that's not really my problem but why could you have not um you know gone on a media circuit if that's what you wanted to do to promote your book that you wrote with B um, and do that with some type of integrity instead of allowing this gr- this situation with Miss Learner to be the focal point. And I, I'm just bothered by it. I'm, and she sounds silly too. It's like they're trying to justify this. The, the girlfriend stays the night in, the, in their home, in the home that Dan and Miss Smith own together. The girlfriend stays in the home. I don't understand it. The the girlfriend comes and stays the night. She, you know, I saw an interview the other day and she's, you know, like I stay the night over there, but I sleep in a separate room. Are you serious? You all sound so silly right now. I don't, I don't understand like what message that are trying to get across. I don't, I don't get it at all. Right. I'm just going to say, start by saying it's a mess. It is a big mess. I'm going to also say this. Tina, do not choke me when I say this because I've had a lot of people disagree with me. But because I have been watching this closely for for a couple of years now, I'm going to say I'm not mad. Just And you said this. I'm not mad that he has companionship. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that he has done the best that he could do in terms of fulfilling his husbandly duties in a romantic husbandly way as his wife declines and deteriorates mentally her mental capacity is not there as a wife's mental capacity so for me at least I can understand feeling like not that the marriage is over but feeling like you don't have an equal partner anymore in terms of a spouse and because your spouse has a degenerative disease that you cannot be recovered from I don't think that it's wrong given how long he has been a caregiver to her in the, as, a, as her husband to, con- to seek companionship in addition to being still married to honor the vows and to death do them part. What I have a problem with though is making it public, number one. Absolutely. I don't think that's anybody's business. And number two, I have, I do have a problem with her being in the home Mm -hmm. because that is disrespectful to me, whether she is a a woman of mental capacity or not. That's the marital home. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that is hugely disrespectful. I've watched Dan Gatsby take to the media, um, to share his story on the Today Show on The View. And um, it actually gave a more expansive viewpoint, in my opinion, than the Washington or the New York Times article did. However, I had a problem when when he was pointedly asked on The View, is this something that B. Smith consented to before she lost 
her mental capacities, he was unable to answer that verbatim or point blank, which is why I feel like taking this public was stupid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's really no one's business. What, how he chooses to deal with this privately, right? Right. B. Smith is a public figure and has built a brand for herself. And so when it comes to how is this impacting her brand's legacy, I'm very disappointed that he has allowed his ego to mm-hmm. step into the driver's seat in this. And is this the last thing we want to be reminded of in the unfortunate event and the, you know, the most inevitable event that B. Smith passes on? It just tarnishes everything that she stands for, that she stood for for all these years. Yes, it does. (laughs) It does. And that's from a branding situation. It is a brand. It it is a brand situation. Absolutely. And it is that BS Mm -hmm. because he got egotistical about it and started to listen to the outside voices. And or he, he started to feel like he needed to defend himself for stepping out the marriage, if that's how he's feeling, and make his relationship public. It feels it also seems to me that he doesn't he feels guilty. Yes. Because he's trying to justify it. And I just I just think there's no reason to feel guilt. You know, I've thought about it if I was in um, B. Smith's position and I had a husband and granted listen if that is if I do end up um, with uh, God forbid but you know things happen as you age if I have Alzheimer's and I'm married and you know my husband um, is taking care of me but I lose the capacity to give him you know a, what a wife gives to someone physically spiritually emotionally and mentally I wouldn't be mad if he moved on if I'm still alive. However, he better not do that in the first three years, at least. <laughs> Absolutely. At least Absolutely. to caring for me for some years, you know, before you decide to bring, um, to move on with your life. You know, I, I completely would not expect, especially if I live for a long time in that condition, like long time to me is five plus years, you know. Right. I don't expect for my um, significant other to give up um, living just because I have to live in a in a different, far different way than how we fell in love and met. Right. So, um, but I mean, it's sensitive. And I just think that, you know, he would have done a better job of keeping that private. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Tamika, this is my question since you've been following this story for a while now, where is her, fa- where are her other family members? Are they speaking out against it? I've, I've seen, I've read reports about his daughter and how it's been devastating, you know, to his daughter. But what, what about her other family members? So B. Smith has no children. And right. um, to, 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 as far as I know, there are no siblings. And granted, I have not done any research. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a single woman myself who, you know, am um, connected to my immediate family but but far removed at the same time mm-hmm. I can kind of understand the distance there you know because it's like well, how I how I imagine B. 
business um, story being is that she became the self-made woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she went on and had an amazing career and she married, um, you know, I wouldn't say late, but she, she, they married, they didn't have any children together. She doesn't, it doesn't seem like she had any, you know, support in, 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 in building who she became from her family. So they, mm-hmm. we don't know. Okay. Don't know. Okay. And, and it could be that she is, um, um, what do you call it? Estranged from her mm-hmm. And it could be that he created that estrangement. I'm not sure, but no, I've not heard her family speak up. And of course, it's one-sided because it's their joint page. And if he is having a problem with the family, he may have silenced them at the same time. Right. Yeah. So that's a big question mark, but I think that's a great question. And I'm, I'm actually going to do some more research and figure out, you know, what's happening on the Smith side of the family and how they feel about it, what they are saying, because it might help to fill in the gap. A lot of people are speculating that, you know, he might be feeling some type of way because by all, all means, she was the breadwinner. She was what made them an it couple. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of um, journalists um, and other podcasters who have reported on this have spoken about, you know, really at the end, the end of the day, it's her money, it's her legacy, and he doesn't have a right to destroy it. Absolutely. I agree. I, I totally agree with you, Tamika. Yeah, yeah. So, Dan Gassy, that's that BS. Hashtag that's that BS. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, the real BS that's happening is this thing on crisis in the Commonwealth, better known oh. as Virginia. Um, we have the governor who was in blackface. Um, he was, um, he confessed to being in blackface when a picture came out. And we were hopeful that Justin Fairfax would be stepping in, who is currently the lieutenant governor, will be stepping into the role of governor. And then lo and behold, his crap hit the fan. And not only has he been accused of sexual assault once, but now twice, there's a second woman that has come forth. And so now the people of the Commonwealth are asking for him to resign as they have asked for the governor to resign. And then the person that would be next in line after Justin, um, assistant governor, I don't know what his title is. I'm not a political junkie in terms of, you know, knowing what everybody's roles and responsibilities are, but it will be another person in line and he has now confessed of being in blackface himself when he was in college. What the BS is going on here? That is, it's just, it's insane. It is insane. I just read it with my mouth wide open. Just, I'm never at a loss for words, but I'm just, okay, can we just talk about how ironic it is that the governor, he refuses to step down. He refuses to uh, resign. Right. He's a racist. I'm sorry. You're you're a racist. I'm sorry. And um, so now the lieutenant governor, he's a rapist. I, I just I don't. Yeah. I, I don't know, Tamika. It just something doesn't something in the milk ain't clean. I'm sorry, sis. Something yeah. in the milk is not clean. And I'm not. You know, I'm I'm very. You know, I, I am a I'm a feminist. I say that I am a feminist. I tend to side with women in these situations. Um, I, I do need um, Lieutenant Governor Fairfax, I need him to say something. I, this is not the time for him to be silent. And I don't, I mean, I don't, I was reading on some, looking at some news reports yesterday. I need him to say something. 
if he did not do it, I need him to say that he didn't do it. And I, I need him to clear his name. Like him sitting in silence, it was um, very admirable, you know, as we sat there and allowed um, the governor all of his racism to be shown. I, I felt like that was a great move, but right now I need him to say something. Right. And 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 I agree with you, but I'm gonna need first and foremost, I'ma need Governor Ralph Northam to get his ass out of office because he needs to leave. You know, while Justin has a crisis going on his own, it still does not negate the fact that Ralph Northam thought that it was cute to uh, mention that, you know, if anybody has, you know, quote unquote, used shoe polish on your face, you know that it's hard to get off. Sir, how many times have you been in blackface? Right. <laughs> how many times have you been in blackface? I'm going to need you to give up this this um, coveted title of governor and go do your race conciliation behind the Democrats as a whole. That's what you need to do. He is making a statement that he um, plans to carry out his term and, and use it for racial conciliation. No, sir. No. no. Not on this dime. Not, not on, on this dime. dime. Not on yeah. this watch. And I'm not going yeah. to folks in Virginia to rise up and demand that he gets the hell out of there. I am with you, Justin. You know, men and their privilege. Now, we have white privilege and then we have male privilege. And I think that every man of every race has benefited to a large degree of having penis privilege where they think that because they are rising up in ranks that they get to swing their penises every which way but loose and and women should bow down because you've been chosen and it sounds like Justin was full of himself at the Democratic National um, Convention in 2004 when he was an up and coming you know political person and he felt like that you know one day I'm going to be powerful and you should be happy that you got a chance to sniff it well, okay, Tamika. Okay. Why is this just coming out? What happened? I'm saying, why Why are we just now hearing of this? We didn't hear of this when he first became lieutenant governor? Well, there was um, a, a report about it when he first became lieutenant governor. I believe it was the Washington... Um, the Washington Post, it was a major newspaper, but at the time they felt like they didn't have enough um, credibility to move forward with the story. Um, but he did, he has spoken about it. But of course he sounds like Brett Kavanaugh in his um, <laughs> recounting of the details and that you know, he doesn't recall the situation being, um, he thought it was consensual is basically what he says. He doesn't recall it in the same manner as she did. Isn't this such a convenient way to describe that situation? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm a feminist, but I'm a different kind of feminist. And the mm -hmm. I, I, I say that because I believe that, you know, women also use their pussy, pussy privilege. And yes, I did say the P word. Mm -hmm. Um, the power of it. Yeah, and, and some instances, and listen, I mean, if you shake what your mama gave you, I mean, that's something that we actually listen to and support it, but we have to understand that we too have to take responsibilities ourselves. There are true cases, of course, where male privilege has dominated the society. Women have to, I'm, hashtag me too. Right, absolutely. I'm saying, I'm saying that as a hashtag me too, okay? 
and um and i have been in in as i have been in my career i have encountered situations with men of power that um i was a subordinate to um took advantage of their power but at the same time i have to also admit that in some cases i was um enamored with their power and their attention on me right right so I agree with you the side eye that you've given to this sister girl who is making these claims to Justin but with the have a second person um, also come out we have a brand situation and Justin needs to have Speak more up. statement yes of I don't recall it being that way I think that my expert's advice for the entire commonwealth is to burn the house down and start <laughs> get them over. all get them get, all out get, get them, them all out. out let it default to the speaker of the house because that's what would happen and let this go down in history as um the wall came tumbling down humpty dumpty because <laughs> what we can't do is we we don't have we need a clean slate to fix what's happening in virginia and apologies are not enough I did a podcast recently that that that, that addressed John ja Rule and the Fire Festival, where he came to say sorry. And then I said sorry ain't enough. And in this instance, with Justin Fairfax, with Ralph Northam, and with this other blackface fool, sorry is not enough. I can't even give them the respect of the titles anymore. I'm calling them by their names. Right. Sorry right. It's just not enough. And if I were on that PR team. I would throw my deuces in the air, give them a very raw and uncut opinion that you need to burn the house down. And I would walk out and be calling up my peeps and try to get me another PR communication. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. Not sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. We can cue Beyonce's I'm sorry right now. Right. Um, but, you know, piggybacking off this white folks fascination with blackface I mean here's the thing since that has happened there has been so many Facebook um, I'm sorry yearbook pictures circling social media of UNC Chapel Hill um, University of Virginia University of Michigan University of this and that with yearbook pictures of white people full of blackface I mean is are we that coveted our skin complexion that coveted these people don't realize how foolish they look in these pictures with black makeup on. I mean, I am just, it's incredulous to me that this was even a sport. It's, 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 I don't even know. I, I, I cannot even believe it. But then I've seen some African-American students participating as well. Now that's, okay. To keep thinking, <laughs> I can't even address what you just said. There, there have been, let me say it one more time because I'm going to get a reaction out of you. I'm going to get you to say something. <laughs> there have been African-American students, excuse me, young African-American boys participating in these shenanigans against their own race. Okay, you got a reaction. Those folks are in the sunken place. <laughs> They're in the sunken place. They are in the sunken place. The sunken place is the only explanation that you have for these boys to be so caught up um, in being accepted or liking um, women that are non-black so much. They're willing to throw their own 
skin color under the under the bus and it's also self-hatred self-hatred and it's a slave mentality i mean it's black history month so i'm gonna keep it all the way funky it's a slave mentality yeah it is in the worst it's 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 a modern day slavery for you to hate yourself that much and then it even makes me i'm look when i see stuff like that and I see them with the with the Beckys on their arm and they're in the pictures with, you know, the the college boys and they're, you know, in the fraternity, they're in the white fraternities and wow. the, everyone around them are white and they have on the black face and they're just, you know, chucking and jiving with them. I'm like, okay, you hate your mama, you hate your daddy. Like, it's just, it brings up something inside of me. And you are such, you're the target in the United States. They hate you. They shoot you down like dogs. And they will, and you, you personally will be the next target. And you're, and you think that this is okay. This is your normal. No, it's not your normal. It's not your normal. This is why I, this is why I have to work for myself, Tamika. <laughs> this is this is why I have to work for myself. <laughs> Listen, um, I I echo your sentiments. I echo your sentiments. I I have a low toleration for coddling white privilege. Yes. And um, I I I just do. I I enjoy having. Um, constructive dialogue with white people absolutely not black people about these things but what I cannot stand is a white person under the auspices of privilege and they try to engage with me in these types of conversations because you're going to get a, a stereotypical angry black woman with the quickness because I am a hashtag one I am hashtag tired black woman um, and I just I don't have it, the tolerance or the patience anymore to um, go along with your BS. I'm going to be calling it out, black, white, anything. I, we just cannot continue to tolerate these behaviors, these attitudes, these, these ideas, racist ideas. So I'm with you and I, th- I blame the parents. I blame the parents of these um, African-American kids who don't have a constructive um, conversation with their children about identity, you know, mm-hmm. and, and 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 figuring out where this, you know, hatred is coming from, and getting them some proper therapy. But it's disgusting, and and I'm just gonna give an honorable mention to these two things, um, and then I need to move on before this becomes like a, a, a curse word and um, <laughs> <laughs> infused edition uh, of of the brand situation. Um, so T.I. has suggested that we boycott Gucci. I don't know if you caught the news mm-hmm. that Gucci did a very stupid thing by, I mean, what are these people thinking is what comes to my mind. Like, like I, there are so many question marks in my head with Gucci. And I'm just like, huh? How, how could you put this on a website and not think that this would be noticed? How could you not notice it yourself? Like, right. Absolutely. There are no black people at all, people of color at all on this team. And so I think the diversity, the hiring practices should be 
immediately investigate and they should be fined for um, obvious discrimination because the way black people like to put Gucci on their bodies, I'm right. sure black people have tried to work for Gucci. Thankfully, I'm not one of those black persons who wear Gucci because Gucci is expensive and I like to keep my coins. I like to travel. So <laughs> right. I don't have to participate in the boycott because I don't own um, and then Kate Spade as well. They just recently had some figurines that look like Sambo. I mean, who, who didn't notice that there was a um, similarity to Sambo and say, no, we can't do that. Like, again, you have no black people on your team, but black people be trying to, you know, support your business and, and support your label. But this black chick right here don't have Kate Spade. So I'm good on that boycott too. Yeah. Yeah. So... With the Gucci, so I'm not a huge Kate Spade fan. Um, the Gucci, I, you know, I've purchased some Gucci pieces here and there. <laughs> I've purchased some pieces here and there. Um, it was very disappointing, you know, especially coming on the heels of um, the reconciliation with Dapper Dan from, you know, um, that that whole situation. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but um, Dapper Dan is a African-American um, designer out of New York, and he had done some work with Gucci some years ago. Um, they had a falling out. I don't know all of the details of the falling out. Apparently, um, what, what's been rumored is that they took some of his designs and you know disassociated themselves with him but continue to um monetize and capitalize on his designs right with that sounds familiar right mm -hmm. so um they've um just recently as of i believe last year um reconciled with dapper dan he's um now doing some additional designs and collaborations with gucci and so the hip-hop and um african-american culture um was very pleased with that reconciliation. So for them to come back and do something so idiotic, I'm I'm just at a loss for words. I, I I don't understand. Not really at a loss for it. Just but very disappointed. Very disappointed in Gucci. So what are you gonna do about your Gucci Tina? Oh well, I don't carry it anyways. I mean, I purchased it and I have not carried it anyway. So I um I need to I need to let it sit with me a little bit longer. I'm not I'm disappointed, but I'm not like angered where you know I'm ready to cuss some people out. But I think the more and more I have delayed reactions sometimes. So the more and more you know I see this um, the the ad campaign and the more that I read and I just kind of like sit with the material. I'm sure I'm going to turn Angela Davis on their asses. <laughs> I'm um, in, I'm, I'm hoping that you do that soon. Okay. Um, <laughs> and that Gucci cost, you know, some coin, coinage. Yeah. And you, um, you know, taking a moment to allow it to marinate. Yes. Um, that was just so offensive, that picture um, of that white girl in the black face I guess it was supposed to be like a half mask or something yeah um, it just was so stupid of Gucci and um you can also take it to consignment shops too they can you can get some, some coinage back I I know I know I know and I've I've thought about that so there are a couple of um bags that I've been carried in some years and so you know I, I've been contemplating that anyway so yes right well I'm just gonna let it 
stay there. Because um, I, I feel you, girl. I feel you, girl. When you, when you spend your coinage on something fabulous. Yeah. You know, those are those statement pieces that we love. But, again, um, just Gucci, shame on you. As you can, as you can see and hear, you have Black people support you. You know, all we ask is respect in return. And so maybe if they felt it in their bottom line, STI reminded them that African-Americans attribute to one point, one point something, something trillion in um, consumer spending. And yeah. so um, we bring a lot of business to you, but um, we're happy to keep our coinage to ourselves. Maybe we should be, you know, increasing that in our 401ks, investing in... Absolutely. There's so much more we could be doing with that money. So hint, hint. Um, moving on, because actually, Tina, I don't think that we're going to get to all of the stories. We've had... I know, I know, I know. Else, but um, I guess I want to do a quick um, mention, like spend about five minutes and then we're going to move to closing out the show. But... You know, you are a beauty expert. You operate in the P- PR beauty space. That's what I know you from. That's what I know your expertise mainly from. And so um, the Daily Blast co-host, Erica Cobb, recently shared her natural hair journey. And it was very emotional. And I got a little emotional watching it. But it was it, it was more about, my emotions was more about anger mm-hmm. than it was about anything else. And really, it was like, why are we still in 2019 having to explain to producers in these newsrooms why it's important for us to not be judged by our hair? So, so to have to say, you know, my hair should not be policed. Right. Why is this still making headlines? So, yeah, I just want to get your thoughts on that. So, I, okay, yes, it's very um, disheartening that we're still, we still have this hair struggle, right? Um, But I am actually excited. Um, This is just an exciting time to be a Black woman. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, I do work in the um, beauty industry and have worked with some amazing brands. And I just, I mean, I, I love our hair. We love our hair. They love our hair. And as I mentioned with the other incidents with the um, blackface and things, that is a way for, that is a way for us to be, like you said, policed and also a slavery type of mentality. Um, Our hair, the, the texture of our hair, it has no bearing on our performance at work. And so I am so excited that a lot of people in, in, um, in positions of influence have become more courageous in being able to speak out and saying, I am not my hair. Like India Irie told us years ago, I am not my hair. And to stand bold in what they believe in. So one of my close girlfriends, she just actually um, relocated to um, Atlanta. She's on um, the NBC affiliate station here. And before she moved here to Atlanta, she was on the Fox station um, in Indianapolis. And she went through this whole journey with her hair and finally, you know, getting the courage to wear her natural hair online, you know, on airs, excuse me, on air. And, you know, I just could see the liberation in her. And I just love the fact that they're using their platform and their influence to really 
let everybody else know and to let these to let our young girls know it is okay mm-hmm. it is okay for us to rock the natural it's okay for us to embrace what what they're enamored with I mean because they try to get their hair like us it's you know it's almost you know they want us to hate ourselves so that they can jump in and take advantage of what's already rightfully on ours mm-hmm and so I'm excited, you know, I understand the um, the frustration, but I'm really excited. And it's just exciting time to be a black woman and all of it that comes with it. The hips, the butt, the hair, the lips, the everything. So I'm, I'm really excited and um, big kudos to Erica Cobb. Well, I love your perspective on this. Um, and I agree with you as a, as a woman who has been natural for well over five years, you know, I've just been so so blessed to be an entrepreneur and not have to have that discussion but I do remember having to assimilate and absolutely really um, affected my self-esteem so part of me becoming natural well, well no the reason why I became natural is to discover my own beauty and I believe that's what Erica Cobb was sharing that this was um a moment in time where she really had to come to terms with how she felt about herself, you know, because mm-hmm. you are um, listening to society's uh, perception of beauty as a black woman so much. And you look around and there are not a lot of people that are put on platforms that look like you, you know? Um, and so you struggle with that. And when you go into the workplace that's ran by um white people in power they define what is acceptable and not acceptable and a lot of times all the time actually what you are who you are how you look and how you appear in the world is considered a no not right so i'm with you it is really an exciting time in the big scheme of things for those of us who have to work for other people um, particularly in in, um, predominantly white spaces to be able to say hey I am not my hair and now you Mm -hmm. know that you know my work speaks for itself let my hair be in peace right so I agree with you on that and um, that is a good segue though talking about natural hair February also is uh, Go Red for Women, um, recognizing heart disease as one of the main causes of death in women. And so I know that you are a plant-based activist and you have some really, really important information about why you've been a plant-based activist. You have a really cool show called The Turn Up, which is a play on the word, on the phrase turn up, but it's right. Given some a cool factor to the turnip vegetable. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about your webisode and where people can check it out? Yes. So, um, thanks so much. The turnip. It is a um, plant-based web series, and we shot our first episode um, here in Atlanta. And it's basically designed to provide an approach to plant-based dining to our African American community. So, we feature these different African American owners of these restaurants. Restaurants. And I just, I was so amazed when I moved here to Atlanta a couple of years ago. 
and to discover that there were so many options for plant-based living. And as you notice, I don't say vegan because I still wear leather and fur. So I hope they don't come after me. PETA doesn't come after me. But um, it's so, so it's, you know, I like to just use the terminology plant-based living. And so I was just so amazed at how many resources and options were out there. And I felt like this was something that our community needed to hear about and see. And there are so many times where I get um, questions on my social media, like, well, how do I make the transition? And where do I get this from? Where do I get that from? And people for so many years, we've been told that, you know, African-American communities, we're food deserts and we only um, have chicken shacks, rib shacks, and liquor stores on every corner. Well, in Atlanta's West End, there are so many plant-based restaurants and so many um, resources for the African-American community. So it's right there in the hood, right there in the heart of the food deserts. They've intentionally built their businesses in these communities for our people. And so it was just so amazing to me that I felt like, the world needed to know about this, you know, and so mm-hmm. hence the turnip came about. Um, it was, it's been well received. Um, we did our um, taping last year, and since um, last February, we've just been um, publishing the different webisodes. I just, we just finished um, publishing one of the one, releasing one of the episodes um, last week, and so um, just really exciting to meet so many people and gain the respect of. Of so many elders in a plant-based community and you know just kind of dispelling that myth that veganism or plant-based eating is just for um wealthy white people that african americans can't eat like this or we can't afford to eat like this um that is just tofu and salads i don't eat tofu at all i don't like tofu um and i basically started you know i I became plant-based because i suffer from fibroids Mm -hmm. so as you mentioned um it's african-american history month and Um, African-Americans, we're disproportionately affected by heart disease, by cancers, um, by fibroids. And so, and also diabetes and all of these, you know, just every, every type of disease, we get it more, you know. And so as far as my story is concerned, um, there will be there are 70 to 80 percent of african-american and caribbean women by the age of 50 who will have fibroid tumors in their uterus Mm -hmm. and even if you get them removed through surgery you will um they will return in 50 percent of those women to me that was such an alarming rate and i knew that there had to be some other connection or some other way to get rid of the fibroids other than surgery because i know too many cases of women who have fibroids who've gone through this um evasive surgery and then they've come back and so i just knew that surgery was putting a big which is estrogen dominance oh hence oh plant-based journey hence me becoming a coach and the turn up coming about so um, I'm just really passionate about you know meeting people where they are um, and there are levels to it you know right now I primarily have a um, a raw 
I'm gonna eat. So you were you were breaking up a little bit. So say that last part one more time. Levels to it. I primarily have a raw diet. Um, right. But today I'm not going to eat raw. I'm going to have some vegan pizza for National Pizza Day today. Um, <laughs> so, but just to say that, you know, there are levels to it. And what offers is just for African-Americans and just for everybody who wants to make that transition for them to see, you know, you can make the transition. There are healthier alternatives to some of the foods that we're eating. And, you know, we're just going to help you make that transition and meet you where you are. Well, I love it. You have definitely given us quite an education. Um, I have enjoyed um, having lunch with you and, and, and watching how you order your food. And actually, <laughs> you know, I let I put you in charge of picking the places because I, as a, you know, um, a person who doesn't have any dietary restrictions, though I do try to use the, the term moderation, I, I try to use moderation in my choices, but I do understand and, and believe in the health benefits of modifying your diet um, into more plant-based. And I'm slowly but surely getting there, you know, just get, when you get a certain age, you realize that, you know, hormones and um, pesticides and, you know, just the, the, the food source and, you, you know, if you... If you are, I don't want to uh, turn off any meat eaters before they're ready, but there are plenty of documentaries that'll make you look at the um, animals sideways. And if you start having a heart for, oh, this is a soul like myself, then that's why I try, I have stayed away from watching some of these documentaries, just looking at, just talking about the soul of animals. Right. I'm a dog lover. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, right, right. <laughs> I would probably like cold turkey stop. You know, but I'm like, I just like that chicken though. That 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 chicken from public. Oh, that was chicken, chicken. Oh, I can't, not yet. You know, give me another year with chicken, and I'll I'll watch the documentary, and I'll be done with me. But no, I seriously um, uh, support plant based and vegan, and I hope to be on my own journey with that soon. Even if not completely, but definitely becomes a larger part of my intake. Right. So I don't know what you call that. I don't know if that's a thing. <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a transition. Like I mentioned, there are levels to it. And so the next time we get together, we I have to take you to um, one of the restaurants and it's, it is plant-based, but you'll eat the chicken and you'll think that it's real like chicken like I mean but it's a vegan form of a chicken and I think you'll enjoy it so it's just making okay. those making those steps and finding what those options are right so shout out to slutty vegan I know you've been there twice I've been said. there yes I have been yes, I have been there they are making noise um I haven't been there yet but you had to give them a, a shout out because we're talking about um vegan and plant-based so um yes we have to schedule a lunch date soon um before we go Kina we got to February is Black History Month and I don't know if you have um watched or heard about the Sam Cooke documentary that is currently on Netflix it is a much much watched show um or must watch show um Sam Cooke was a legendary R&B singer who had his life in way too soon in the 60s he came to um his his fame in the early to late 50s I believe. Mm -hmm. 
And um, it's really, really fascinating, um, the story. It talks about his activism and how there are some conspiracy theories around why or how he died. Um, apparently, um, there's a conspiracy that he was um, hanging out with Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali um, and, and the football player that was really famous back then. I believe his name is James... Um, not James Brown, maybe James Brown. I think Jim, 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 Jim Brown. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's it's very very fascinating. He was standing up to white supremacy and Jim Crow in the South when he was traveling um, with Dionne Warwick and mm-hmm. some, some big names, and and they have their stories of how he would stand up to white supremacy. And so, yeah. Um, it's a great documentary. I want to um, pay homage to him and his talent. I have to say the entire time, every time they show this man, those lips. Tina, fine, just, fine, oh honey, God. fine, okay, <laughs> fine. God. Okay, but beyond him being a fine specimen of a man back then, I can understand why the girls were going crazy. It really... Um, he really had a beautiful voice. He was ahead of his time in a sense of feeling empowered yes. as a black man during that time. And, you know, the suspicions that lie over his death. I, I, I love Netflix for bringing these type of movies and documentaries to life. And um, honorable mention to Kevin Hart, who has a um, Netflix picture out as well that talks about black history. So, um, he, he does it in his Kevin Hart funny way um, and I believe it's called Kevin Hart's Guide to Black History so you have to make sure you check that out is there anything else you want to share with us before we go I definitely want you to tell us how we can stay connected to the turn up and follow you on social media I love your social media Instagram by the way I love all the inspirational um, girl power stuff that you put out there so tell us how we can connect with you Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so turn up, you can just follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, at the turn up crew. And then, um, we would love for you to check out, um, the episodes, um, the turn up on YouTube. And of course you can follow me and all of my craziness that I have going on, um, at Kina Lee and that's K Y N A L E E. Yay, Kina Lee. Thank you so much for being my co-host. I suspect that you're going to be a regular co-host. Yes. Until the next time, you will be tuning into the brand situation with another co-host next week. But Kina, we will have you back very soon. I would love love to be back. Thank you so much. Yay. Okay. Well, have a great day and you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Stay tuned for another situation or another brand situation coming up next week. 